0: Welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. Today, we're embarking on a fascinating journey through the realms of our own minds. We're going to explore two contrasting aspects the restless and impulsive monkey mind and the calm, focused monk mind. Drawing from Buddhist teachings, psychology, and neuroscience, We'll uncover how these two states of mind influence our daily lives and how we can transition from chaos to tranquility. Now that we set the stage for our exploration of the mind's realm, let's begin by understanding the monkey mind. The concept of the monkey mind is often associated with Buddhist philosophy, where it's likened to a monkey swinging tirelessly from tree to tree. In the realm of psychology and modern neuroscience, it is parallels our mind's tendency to hop from thought to thought, often without even apparent logic or order. And this restlessness of the mind, while it's a natural aspect of human cognition, it can lead to a state of constant distraction and in turn reduce our ability to focus and be present. So having introduced the monkey mind, let's delve a little bit deeper into some characteristics. We'll explore how restlessness, emotional activity, or Emotional reactivity and impulsiveness define this state of mind and what neuroscience tells us about these traits. So let's start off with the restlessness and distraction. The monkey mind is typified by its inability to stay still. Now, I know that I have a monkey mind a majority of the time. My mind is going a million miles a minute. And that's a key characteristic of this. It's the wandering mind that drifts away. What? And it could just wait at any moment, like let's say you're in a meeting or even if you're reading a book, it takes me a long time to read. It took a lot of really training my brain to be able to get through a book because my mind would always go off into another thought process while reading. And sometimes it, it would be related to the book. Other times it'd be related to other things but it was always a problem for me in terms of retention because my mind was always wandering. I was never really present to grasp the information. Now, scientifically speaking, these type of things can be attributed to what's called the neurotransmitter dopamine. And dopamine plays a role in your attention and focus. A dopamine imbalance can lead to attention deficits and that restless mind I mentioned. Another thing that is a characteristic of the monkey mind, is emotional reactivity. The monkey mind reacts instantly and emotionally, often magnifying negative thoughts or worries. So if you ever catch yourself getting really, really upset over something, it could be something small, but you catch yourself instantly going like, ooh, like super stressed, or really sad, or even really angry right off the bat, and it could be something minute, again, When your brain goes to these worst-case scenarios, odds are that's the monkey mind reacting, and that's just something for you to recognize. Now, research in effective neuroscience suggests that emotional reactivity is linked to the the amygdala, a part of the brain's limbic systems responsible for the emotional responses. Now, let's talk a little bit about the impulsiveness and decision-making. We kind of touched on it briefly, but let's go a little bit more in depth. A hallmark of the monkey mind is making hasty, impulsive decisions without thorough thinking. According to a study in the Journal of Neuroscience, impulsiveness is associated with diminished activity in the prefrontal cortex. The brain region is responsible for decision-making and impulse control. So the prefrontal cortex is is really the region of the brain that's responsible for both of those, the decision-making and the impulse control. All right. So we have a more clear picture of the monkey monkey's mind characteristics. It's crucial to understand its impact. So let's examine how this restless state of mind affects our mental health, our productivity, and our personal relationships. So the constant mental chatter and lack of focus can lead to a lot of stress and anxiety. A study in the Journal of Cognitive Neuroscience linked mind wandering to patterns of brain activity associated with poor mood. Difficulty in controlling the monkey mind can also contribute to disorders like ADHD, which is characterized by restlessness and inattentiveness. Another thing is that this has a rather large effect on productivity. Your inability to maintain focus directly impacts the productivity and quality of your work. If your mind's all over the place, it'll be very hard for you to sit there and focus on the task at hand and provide a quality job done. The monkey mind's distraction can lead to errors and thus decrease efficiency. So you have to be aware that if your mind starts wandering, you might want to take a step back and try and refocus yourself, calm your mind down a little bit, because odds are if you're going a mile a minute, you think about other things at the same time while doing work, you're going to have some errors in there and that can be detrimental to you. Research from the University of California found that constant task switching, a trait of the monkey mind, leads to as much as about 40% reduction in productivity. So that's a lot. That means you are losing almost half of your productivity when you are task switching. I think a lot of people pride themselves on their ability to multitask. I used to until I realized that it's not necessarily something to be proud of. Multitasking doesn't really make you more effective. If anything, it makes you less effective because you're not putting your all into any task. You're basically breaking yourself off into pieces, doing multiple tasks, and rather than giving 90% to one task and or 100% to one task, you're giving less than your best to multiple tasks and setting yourself up for failure. Another thing that has an impact on is personal relationships. So the monkey mind often hinders deep, meaningful conversations because you you struggle to stay present when you have the monkey mind and you struggle to be attentive. A study in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships shows that a lack of attentiveness can obviously negatively impact relationships and interpersonal connections. I know that I have struggled in the past with this. It's very hard for me to focus on conversations with people When they're trying to tell me things, I have a very short attention span if it's not something that is really intriguing or exciting to me. And it's something where I've had to hone in my my attention span, my, my focus, because someone's trying to talk to me and they're taking their time out of their day to tell me a story. No matter what the story is. I should be showing them the respect they deserve by listening to it and understanding it. Sometimes they're even asking advice and my brain starts to wander mid-advice. And that's a huge issue. People are coming to you for something and asking for your help and you're not fully present in that moment. So it's huge to recognize these type of things and understand how that can negatively impact things. If someone feels like you're ignoring them when they're having a conversation or you aren't listening, it's going to feel disrespectful. I know I've caught this with my fiance in moments where she's talking to me and she could just tell that I have gone into la-la land. Like I am out there. She'll "She'll just stop talking or she'll just change the topic. I'll be like, oh, hey, topic change. Cool, I'm back. But these are things that aren't a positive and something I'm constantly working on. But yeah, anyhow, recognizing these effects of the monkey mind can naturally lead us to strategies for managing it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to explore some methods including mindfulness and meditation to tame this restless mind and help to enhance our mental focus and our ability to be more tranquil or more at peace. So let's first talk about mindfulness and meditation. Mindfulness practices and meditation are proven methods to tame the monkey mind. They help to reduce wandering thoughts and they help your brain to focus. What this does, it helps to reduce ADHD symptoms. Again, restlessness and impulsivity are two big ones. If you're able to sit there and be more in the moment, you're going to be less likely to have that wandering mind and a lot of other stresses come with it. Let's use a couple examples. Let's say you, you're out on a beach. When you're on that beach, don't just zone out and day's out. I mean, you can. That's your world. Do whatever you want to do. But if you want to practice mindfulness, dig your toes and your feet in the sand. Think about how that feels with your toes in that sand. Now odds are, if you're at the beach, you're going to have some waves crashing. Hopefully, you're somewhere beautiful where there's, where there's ocean or something. Regardless, if you have a body of water there too, listen to the crashing of the waves. Do you hear birds? Do you hear other animals? Do you hear laughing children, laughing parents? What do you hear around you? What is going on in that moment? These are things that are going to help you stay grounded. And they're going to help you really focus in. Now, let's say you don't have a beach by you. Okay, cool. Odds are you have a park. You can do similar things. I am a big proponent of putting my feet in the grass. I want to feel the ground. And I like to say it's like I want to feel one with the earth. A little hokey, but you get the gist of it. This way I can feel the texture of the grass. Is there a little dew on the grass? Is the grass a little dry? Like, How does it feel? Is there a Breeze. Do I do I smell any flowers or any any woods or trees or anything around me? Like, what are my surroundings? Where am I at in this moment? It just helps me to hone that in. Okay, I went a little bit on the deep end on that one, but I wanted to give some more concrete examples of how you can practice mindfulness. And you can also look into various apps. There's the Calm app. There's Jay Shetty has a wonderful app that is like $40 a month, somewhere along those lines. It's called Genius App. And he does all kinds of in-depth teaching on there as to how to become more mindful. It's actually, some of my first experiences in mindfulness. He also has a Facebook page where you can look at that. And he he did, I want to say it was... Two weeks in total of meditation. If you look for med- Jay Shetty meditation, it'll have those on there, hopefully. Last I checked a few weeks back, they did. And sometimes I like to go in there just because, I mean, the man has a soothing voice, so it is what it is. But he he's really good at helping keep you present in the moment and understand that it's okay if you fall out of it. You're not expected when meditating, when you're first starting especially, to be able to stay present in and grounded in that moment for... 30, 40 minutes. Start slow. One, two, three minutes. Then go from there. Like, do what you have to do to practice that mindfulness. But again, I went way too far off the tangent on there. So let's go into cognitive behavioral techniques. So short, we call it CBT. CBT can help in managing the monkey mind because it addresses negative thought patterns, Research indicates that CBT effectively reduces symptoms of anxiety and depression, which are often worsened by an uncontrolled monkey mind. So some techniques you can use would be journaling, write down your thoughts throughout the day, I like to do it first thing in the morning. I like to do it in the afternoon. And then before I go to bed, sometimes if I'm feeling a little stressed, I'll just write things out. Or if I notice an emotional uptick, I'm going to write stuff out in a journal. And it doesn't matter what you write. Write whatever you're thinking at the moment. People get way too critical of themselves. And it's not that serious. Just write. And then look back and see what caused those emotions at that time and how you can maybe better react to it in the future. Then, of course, there's mindfulness meditation. I went plenty into that, so I'm not going to discuss that any further. And there's something called behavior activation. What this does is this encourages engagement in positive activities to improve the mood. So things that are going to boost your mood, they're going to be great activities to do. Like, let's say working out. It's a positive activity. Naturally, by working out, you're going to get a a dopamine spike and you're feel better. Then there's going to be lifestyle changes. I recently went through a huge lifestyle change after doing this episode on Blue Zones, which you can check here on the podcast. I realized that there's just so much I want to learn about it and so many things I want to incorporate into my life to become healthier. Now, one thing I did that they don't, they do, but they don't do it in the same degree as to what we do here in the US. And that's exercise. So I incorporate a lot more exercise in my life. I created a challenge for myself this month called November to remember where it's essentially I'm going to be rowing for 1,000 meters equivalent to the numerical day. So let's say this is the 11th of the month. Well, I'm gonna row at 11,000 meters that day and so on and so forth until I finish the month out. And I also focus on a balanced diet, which is important for lifestyle changes. I'm more towards the Mediterranean side. I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. And I've noticed a lot of great things coming from that. I'll probably do a one-off um, talk in the Facebook group and possibly on an Instagram to break that down further. I don't want to go into too much details of all the uh, things that have changed due to my lifestyle change. I feel like that's set for something a little, little different. But anyhow... You also want to make sure that you're maintaining proper sleep. I think so many people pride themselves. And we're starting to get smarter about it now, but there's a lot of people pride themselves of, oh, hey, I work 90 hours. I get four hours of sleep. I used to be that person. And then I realized that, hey, my body isn't recovering. I don't have a healthy focused mind if I'm not getting sleep and my muscles are still sore. I can't recover if I don't get that. So it's important to make sure you get that sleep. So we've discussed how to control the monkey mind let's shift our focus a little bit more to a calming aspect of our consciousness. This is called the monk mind. This part of our mind is inspired by Buddhist meditation practices and it embodies inner calm and mindfulness. Unlike the restless monkey mind, the concept of the monk mind finds its roots in, as I said, Buddhist meditation practices. The monk mind is similar to a deep Tranquil lake that's undisturbed by the constant ripples of thought and distraction. This state of mind is not about suppressing thoughts, but rather about observing them with detachment and clarity. So, the neuroscience behind the monk mind involves the activation of the prefrontal cortex, which is the brain region associated with higher cognitive functions, such as your focus, your decision making, and your rational thought. Studies published in the Journal of Neuroscience have shown that mindfulness meditation, a key practice in achieving the monk mind, enhances the connectivity and efficiency of the prefrontal cortex. Cool. So we have a little bit more of an understanding of the monk mind. Let's explore its defining characteristics. One of the characteristics, well, really two, will be deep focus and concentration. The monk mind is characterized by extraordinary ability to focus and concentrate, free from the usual distractions of the mind. Research in cognitive science has linked deep focus to changes in your brain wave patterns, particularly an increase in your alpha and your theta waves, which are associated with relaxed alertness. So emotional equanimity is the next thing that is a characteristic of the monk mind. This state of mind is marked by emotional balance and equanimity, where one experiences emotions without being overwhelmed for them or overwhelmed by them. Remember I mentioned sometimes people with monkey minds react really intensely to things and they react almost instantly to them. Someone with a monk mind doesn't do that. They think Things through. They react in a calm manner. They're not going to let those emotions overtake their mind. Now, neuroimaging studies have shown that regular meditation, which of course fosters the monk mind, leads to a decrease in reactivity in the amygdala, which is the brain's emotional center. Mindfulness and awareness is the next thing we're going to talk about. The monk mind embodies a heightened sense of mindfulness. Staying fully present and aware of the current moment is critical. So mindfulness practices have been shown to increase gray matter density in the hippocampus as per findings in the the psychiatry research and neuroimaging. And this enhances your memory and your awareness. So knowing the characteristics of the monk mind leads us to consider its large impact on our lives. We're going to discuss how this state of mindfulness positively influences our mental health our cognitive abilities, and our personal relationships. So let's first talk about the enhancement of mental health. The monk mind contributes significantly to mental well-being because it reduces symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. A meta-analysis in JAMA Internal Medicine found that mindfulness meditation programs had moderate evidence in reducing your anxiety, depression, and your pain. Now. It also improves your cognitive abilities. Regular cultivation of the monk mind, it enhances your abilities to include things like your memory, your attention, and your problem-solving skills. So you're gonna have a better memory if you are more mindful. You're gonna be able to be more alert, more attentive in conversations, And you're going be able to keep yourself more emotionally calm and mentally clear so that you can solve these problems in a more effective manner. But not just that. The monk mind has a positive effect on relationships, and this is because the monk mind fosters empathy, compassion, and effective communication, which, of course, is gonna positively impact personal and professional relationships. So let's use a couple examples here. Let's go with empathy development. In this example, a healthcare worker practicing the monk mind would typically become more empathetic towards the patients, meaning they're gonna care more for their needs. And that's going to lead to a better patient care and understanding. That's just going to create a better experience for everybody all around. And that's huge. Now, the next thing is going to be the effective communication. Here's another example. And I could just use myself and my fiance, but hey, anyways, a couple engages in mindful listening exercises. This is going to lead to more profound and meaningful conversations and a stronger relationship. You're going to have more deep dives. You're going to have more respect for each other in these conversations, and you're going to understand each other more intimately because of this. Now, compassion. A volunteer at local shelters adopts a monk mind approach in their interaction with those in need. This shift leads to a deeper understanding and compassion for the struggles of others. They become more patient and attentive, creating a more supportive and nurturing environment for the individuals they assist. So their enhanced compassion not only benefits those they help, but it also enriches their own sense of fulfillment and connection to the community. So, understanding the positive impact of the monk mind, it's important to learn how we can cultivate the state of being. Let's delve into practices and lifestyle choices that help develop and maintain a mind of clarity, focus, and calm. So, first, let's talk about meditative practices. I'm not going to go into too, too much detail because I've already given you quite a bit earlier on, but one of the most effective ways to develop the bunk mind is through meditation. Techniques like focused attention meditation and loving kindness meditation are incredibly beneficial. A study in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience showed that meditation leads to long-lasting changes in brain structure and function related to enhanced mental clarity and focus. So what that means is that the more focused meditation you you have and the longer you're able to meditate, the longer lasting changes that are going to be held in your brain. So you, you can essentially rewire your brain for with more positive results. Now let's talk mindful living. Integrating mindfulness into daily activities such as eating, walking, or even routine tasks just helps maintain a monk mind state. And research indicates that mindfulness-based interventions improve well-being and reduce cognitive reactivity to negative thoughts. So in layman's terms, if you are more aware of what you're doing at each moment, if you're paying attention when you're cooking, hey, I am moving this way, moving that way, like know each movement you're doing, whether you are working out, like really focus on your form. Be present. Know what exactly what you're doing. If you're going out for a walk, pay attention to the little animals you see on the way. If you have a little scenic view, I live out in Colorado, so I love when I get a chance to see some wildlife. If I see some butterflies, it reminds me of my grandma, so it makes me very aware of where I'm at at the moment. There's just little things that help keep me in that moment, keep me mindful. Find things that are going to help keep you in that moment. Now let's talk about intentional lifestyle choices. You want to adopt a lifestyle that supports mental clarity and calm. So for me, that looks like regular exercise. I get up at 4, anywhere from 4 to 4.15 a.m. and I exercise. Then I make myself a smoothie shake. And then I'm making sure that I eat healthy throughout the day. So I have reduced a huge portion of my meat intake. I am predominantly vegetarian. It's not that I have anything against me. I'm just trying to see how this Blue Zones diet and meal plan will change the foundation of my body. I want to see some of the effects of it because there's clearly something going on there where people are living to 100 years old on a regular basis out in these Blue Zones. So I thought, hey, let's, let's do that for a little bit. Another thing I do is I make sure that I go to bed early. If I'm going to get up at 4 a.m., I can't be going to bed at midnight. I will not be able to function the next day. So I'm usually in bed about 9, 9.30. This way I can make sure I'm getting a, a good amount of sleep. Ideally, I, I prefer to have about seven to eight hours of sleep. If I can get at least six and a half, seven, I'm still doing pretty good on the day. There might be a little mental fog in initially, but then I'll take some supplements to help clear that up and I'm pretty good. Now, a study in the Healthy Psychology Review found that Lifestyle factors significantly impact your mental health. So emphasizing the importance of holistic well-being practices is huge. I can attest to this. I've been changing my lifestyle for the past two months, ever since starting this podcast, and I'm seeing a lot of great changes. I'm a lot more upbeat. I'm a lot more confident in myself. I have been losing a lot more weight, feeling better all around. I feel more accomplished. And I'm just more present. I appreciate things more. I have a lot more gratefulness. So I can attest that a lifestyle change can really help you out. So there we have it. A journey through different landscapes of our minds. Today, we've navigated the restless pathways of the monkey mind and walked the calming trails of the monk mind. We've seen how our thoughts can fluctuate between chaos and tranquility. And most importantly, we've explored some strategies to find a balance between these two states. The monkey mind, with its constant chatter and emotional turbulence, mirrors the challenges we often face in our fast-paced, distraction-filled lives. It's a reminder that our natural state can sometimes lead us away from focus and peace. Yet, understanding this aspect of our mind is the first step towards mastering it. Now, in contrast, the monk mind offers a blueprint for a more mindful, focused existence. It's a state that we can all aspire to where calmness, emotional stability, and present moment awareness reign. The practices we've discussed today, from mindfulness meditation to cognitive behavioral techniques, are tools at our disposal to cultivate a more tranquil state of being. As we wrap up this episode, I encourage you to reflect on your own experiences with the monkey mind and the monk mind. Think about the moments when restlessness took over and consider how the techniques we shared can help in those times. Equally, remember the times of focus and peace and know that these are not just fleeting moments, but states you can cultivate and grow. Now, if you found value in our discussion today, please, please, please share this episode with someone who might also benefit. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, Rise and Thrive with Everyday Elevations, where we'll provide more insights into personal growth and mindfulness, as well as some behind the scenes and some intimate workshops. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, and don't forget to follow us on social media for the latest updates and behind the scenes content.